0: Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 378 of the JV Club with my boy of summer, Andy Daly. I could not be more of a fan of Andy Daly and all of his work, so I was very, very excited to get him recorded. In fact, we have started recording before I had even moved uh, into Boys of Summer, and so this episode was recorded um, almost, like, at least a month or two ago, So we'll be talking about stuff that's going on with the pandemic. Um, If you can take yourself back to like early May-ish, that's where our heads were. I hope everyone is doing as well as can be. Um, I am thinking of you, hoping that you are taking care of yourselves and each other, wearing masks, washing your hands, and I send each and every one of you a warm air hug. I was recording narration for an audiobook, which is very fun. But, you know, it turns out like, have you ever done that? No. Okay, you find out so quickly that your mouth makes noises that you never have bothered to notice before until mm. you're just reading someone else's words and no one is responding to you. It's just you, all oh. you, all the time. Oh. There were, there, I, there were just a lot of discoveries that I made about the process of doing that that, I, that turned out to be more time-consuming. And so on top of it already being a thing that, you know, I'm still learning, uh, mm. I did, with, like, the same gear I've been using for years and years and have never done this before, somehow did exactly what you just said, which is I recorded, <laughs> like, 45 minutes of me reading and then... Mm. Couldn't understand why there was only silence when I tried to play it back. And then it turned out that I had just, when I just a, a, like attributed it to the wrong channel and oh. nothing at all was captured. <laughs>
1: My favorite thing listening to uh, audiobooks is to listen for the page turns. They're very, very quiet. But every once in a while you can hear a ruffle of paper. And I don't even listen to the what's being said anymore. I'm just there for the page turns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me and, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil this for you and make you think that it's possible. But I, I think nowadays people are not reading the paper books. They're probably well, scrolling would think too, on an iPad. Right? Yeah. I I
1: think so too. But I, but have you still heard, catch it, huh? I have heard them. I've heard it. Maybe I'm listening. Let to me, me the books. let me
0: let me posit this theory. Mm-hmm. Is it as likely that there's a moth in the recording studio and you're just hearing the gentle beat? Of its beautiful moth wings off in the distance just a little shh, a little whisper shh, shh. or a like go or a ghost or a ghost you're picking up a little hint of a, well, one of those you know crazy movies where you can only hear the ghost on the recording but nowhere at no other time you're just hearing little he's not holding a book what
1: i think he's not yeah I don't think, I think either of those things are possible, but I don't think they're as likely as the reader flipping pages. Mm -hmm. But I do think if we were going to rule out the most likely thing, which is the reader flipping pages, my second theory would be that the readers like, Wife or husband or personal assistant or the person who drove them there is uh-huh. in in the room with them because it's one of those kind of relationships. It's like she's <laughs> she's just always here with me and and sitting there. And instead of doing some knitting, which is normally what you would do on a set uh-huh. or whatever, sure. she's uh, she he or she is is reading the paper.
0: Oh, I see. So you're still you it, you insist on it being paper. Your imagination will not allow no. you. No. Oh.
1: Paper is paper. Oh, paper is paper. <laughs> Have, you How one... <laughs> you, <sir? laughs> Have you ever worked this with? Dare you, sir? Have you ever worked with one a... of those older uh, actors who um, uh, show up with you know their, their wife? I've had this happen to two older actors. The their <laughs> wife is with them all the time on the set, all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like yes. it. I think it's adorable. <laughs> they sit in the trailer doing some knitting. Yes. And then they well, they sort I of... yeah the person that I'm
0: thinking of the mm -hmm. person that I'm thinking of I think uh could not do could not well that's very sad because Mm. since then she's gone but Mm -hmm. at the the time I got the impression that like she was kind of his you know she was she was keeping it all together yes um and I assume that's your ex yeah that's your expectation of your your own wife uh you anticipate that being her responsibility as you become more doddering
1: yeah, I'd say we're about 18 months away from that. <laughs> and uh, that's fine with me. Um, and there's also a lot of bickering at uh, lunch but when that happens. Oh, when sure. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of, don't you think you're taking a lot of potatoes? Don't take all those potatoes. You're not going to eat all those. There's a lot of that. <laughs>
0: it's a real slice of like domesticity in in the business to have those kinds of conversations being overheard when you know somebody else is like worried about quote-unquote making the day like how are we gonna get all these shots in and (laughs) then there's also like a weird yeah You, Yeah. you still have that rash they weren't able to cover that up um yeah how beautiful well i'm sorry
1: but he has to take his pills he has to take it well and they're back in the trip can we get someone to pick up his pills he takes he's got to take them. one well certain ones before he eats and certain ones after and it's very important that's right that's a lot of that
0: oh <sighs> i remember being on a set
1: oh back when, was when
0: we could that? all be near each other
1: i know i never thought i'd miss being on a set yeah but uh i kind of do now
0: yeah i know um, we're listen I'm going to fix this for you. I'm just going to yes. I'm going to I'm going to figure something out. Mm. You know, this is America. Some anybody could solve this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're going <gonna figure laughs> to figure out a weird sense
0: of what democracy means. <laughs>
1: I okay, actually was um it's interesting. I did a I had a very small part in a movie where a couple of my scenes were shot in Montreal in like uh I want to say late Feb, and then I was supposed to come back first week of April to do my other scenes, but it it got shut down like a week or two before that, and who knows when that movie's going to pick up. And this movie has child actors in it, so... Ooh, like are you yeah. gonna have to wait a year to shoot those kids and then they're gonna look completely different <laughs> it's gonna be wild
0: yeah <laughs> I I've been I was on a Netflix multicam with a large family of children that mm. um yeah we just got a very charming text from the uh, the show <laughs> the, the showrunner mm. which you know that was like please don't look any older <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please continue to look exactly the age you are, because we've only shot four episodes of the ah, season.
1: What a nightmare.
0: <laughs> oh, these are the a And I didn't the... think about that at all. I had not thought about that at all until I saw that text. So it's funny you would bring that up, because I really, until a few days ago, I yeah. am so stupid that I just didn't even think about that. Like, of course, that's an, a very real thing that is going to be potentially yeah. a big problem
1: oh they change day by day oh, we did um yui. the uh, uh eastbound and down uh we shot the pilot of eastbound and down in june of 20 2007 and then for various reasons including a strike uh we didn't shoot the uh, the second episode and for for a year and a half, it was, wow. there was wow. a year and a half between episode one and episode two, and Katie Mixon had lost like uh, like thirty pounds or something like that. Sure. And, and they were so they were so upset, but nobody. I don't believe anyone has ever remarked upon it. Like you just don't. Your your brain kind of goes with it. Right. Right. Know? Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. It d- doesn't seem um, to bumped anybody.
0: Or you tell yourself, hey, the wonderful people at Netflix have all the money. They'll just reshoot the first four and I'll just get paid to do, ha, 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 ha an extra four <laughs> episodes. That's sure. probably what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> if their choices are uh, <laughs> ask the audience to accept that these children grew a foot overnight or yeah. reshoot four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the burden will be on the audience.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Mm, That's one hundred percent correct. <laughs> um, how? So how? Wait. How cold is Montreal in late February? That seems uh, very chilly, indeed.
1: It was pretty cold, yes. Um, and it was also because when we were going to go back in April, I was going to bring my whole family with me, and people kept telling me, "Oh, I hope you like the cold." But, like the first week of April was supposed yeah. to be cold in Montreal. Uh, so that's too bad for them. That's what people don't think about when they th- when they say, oh, if if Donald Trump wins again, I'm moving to Canada. It's cold up there.
0: I know. I you know. know,
1: better to live in uh, an authoritarian state than to have to, you know, get <laughs> boots and scarves and all that.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> If, do you ha- how do you feel about working uh, and, and, and living while you're working in, on the west uh, coast of Canada versus like Toronto or Montreal? Do you have a preference? Like if you find out you're going to be in one of those three cities, does part of you go like, yes, versus like, okay.
1: It's a mixed bag because um, yeah. Montreal is beautiful, but so much further away. Yeah. Uh, and my experience in Vancouver, I think I've only been there once. And I think it was a thing where I just, I flew up. I spent a night in a hotel, Transpo picked me up at the hotel, I shot all day, I was driven back to the hotel, and woke up super early and took a plane out of there, so literally my entire exposure to the town was out the windows of the Transpo van.
0: (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I hope you get to go back up to Vancouver, that's a beautiful city.
1: Oh, no, I've been there twice, sorry.
0: Oh, you have? Okay, good.
1: Yes, I don't want anybody, you know, some of of my real hardcore fans who track my movements (laughs) to get on here and go uh excuse me <laughs> what yeah. about august of 2015
0: and the problem is they'll take it out on me i'll never <laughs> stop getting letters about it i'll never how did you stop not call him on that
1: <laughs> you had one job i
0: wasn't willing to ask the tough questions god <laughs> um did you grow up in, in cold weather is, is that something that's familiar to you or is it a, an, an alien yeah. feeling
1: No, I grew up in New Jersey and we had proper winters there. And then I went to college in uh, upstate New York where the winters were extreme. So I know all about winter, but, but uh, I have two children who have grown up their entire lives in California and it's, it's, yeah, forget it. The snow, you know, you know, it's that thing where snow is such a wonderful novelty for 10 minutes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they, oh, so they're, so they really are. So they're not, they, they like it for, for 10 minutes until they start to feel chilly. And then they're, I thought you were going to say like their only understanding of it is the fun, the fun part versus like having to scrape ice off your windshield and stuff, but they really just don't even like it very long
1: they don't I, 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 it this makes me laugh whenever I remember it, but it would be hard to convey but what one of the first times that our older daughter was ever in snow we were visiting my parents in New Jersey and they got really blanketed with a whole bunch of snow and we took a sled out and they live in a, a bit of a hill so we kind of were doing that and we went down once and then as we we're about to go back the second time she's sitting on the sleigh and she's really young she doesn't have like a lot of full sentences at this point but as she's yeah. sitting there she goes I'm done <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. (laughs) All righty. One time down. That's
0: it. Oh, no. Is that something that you do? You miss the kind of like the kid experience of winters?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, I miss the seasons in general. You know, that's it's just kind of a bummer. I have learned to discern the subtle differences between the seasons out here over the years. You really done. do. I mean yeah. that's what
0: happens to us.
1: Yeah. You're kind of like, "Oh, I smell jasmine. It must be."
0: Yep. <laughs> it oh must yeah. Must
1: be that season.
0: <laughs> oh, look at the pur- look at the one purple street in all of Hollywood. That's the Jackarundas. <laughs> it must be June, although now. But then also I I hear myself saying things that uh that I also like I don't know if this is true for you I've talked about this on the podcast before but this this thing where I attribute in my own mind I attribute statements I hear myself making to age even though like there's no reason I wouldn't have also said this 20 years ago because it, it's just something I would observe as a uh-huh. a, a person with eyes, um, <laughs> but it feels different. Once I like, you know, crossed over a certain threshold, I guess suddenly I started assuming everything I was saying had to do with being like old. Um, mm. And one of them is hearing myself say like, it seems like the jacarandas are blooming early this year. I guess that's global <laughs> warming, but I could swear it's only a- mid-April. I don't see why they would be blooming. I need to look that up. Like, there's just a lot of that. Like, oh, yeah. the old orb weavers are starting to come out and build their scary webs. Uh, who feels like that's happening early this year? Like, what? Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure I would no, say I all think, of those things. I don't know. Do you know what I, I mean?
1: If I heard somebody under thirty. Do you say seems like the jacarandas are blooming early this year i would be i'd be like what's going on here time traveler <laughs> get out of here <laughs> you're too young to be uh, noticing the blooming of flowers
0: okay good i'm glad that you agree that there's something wrong with me except there isn't because now i'm at the age where apparently i can say those things
1: yeah did you uh, wait did you grow up on the west coast are you a west Coast? i'm
0: fan? from arizona oh yeah um which is sort of a weird like no one knows. Everyone knows. I guess people assume that it's just the American West. Like that's mm-hmm. if you have to sort of assign it something. You know it's not the you certainly know it's not the east. You know it's not the south. You yeah. know it's not the Pacific Northwest. Like it's sort of fall, you know. I guess you could say the four <laughs> you know the four corners. Although <laughs> I don't feel like anyone from any of those four states really like thinks of themselves as being part of some unique unique the place southwest. where The Southwest, aren't
1: you in the Southwest?
0: Yeah, Southwest. Yeah. The South, the American Southwest. I don't know why I have to emphasize that. That's not uh, important to me particularly. <laughs> uh, uh, as long as you mean the American Southwest, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh. yes, yes, yes. I'm not familiar uh, with the Southwest of any other country.
0: Uh, I wouldn't, I, I just don't want to make, I don't want any confusion because, again, my fans will write mm. you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course they will.
0: And say, you made it sound like it was not the... Died in the wool, U.S. of A. Red, white, and blue, American Southwest. Uh, for all I know, you, no
1: other country even has a Southwest. You know, that's what I'm saying? correct. They that's may correct. Not, they may not even have directions. I don't know. If I think we were the only ones. The
0: US. Or, yeah, we were the only ones original enough to put the two places together, South and West. Every for every other country, you're either in the South or in the West. You're certainly That's not in the
1: Southwest. American ingenuity, right there.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> now, you have been on the West Coast for a fair bit of time, though. For I know you were in New York for for many years. That's I think maybe where I first met you. But hmm. but you've been here pretty much as long as I have. I think how long uh, have you been yeah.
1: here? I've been here going on twenty years. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you've been here even longer than I have. Um, hmm. And and did was it the was it the sort of conversation of Things things are going well in, in New York. I'm enjoying performing, and this is all great, but this is what it seems like the work is, is uh, that you have to become the pioneer who goes to the American West.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the future very well in New York. I felt like I, I was having such a great time performing at the UCB and doing bits on Conan, and that felt like the ceiling for me because I, I had auditioned for Saturday Night Live, and I had been rejected, and it was sort of made clear to me that you know, I was too old to really be on, ad- to continue auditioning for Saturday Night Live. I was only 29, but my agent was like, "Oh ah, God, they want younger and younger people now, like 20, you should consider this your shot. I was like, okay. Oh, boy. So that was my shot. And at that yeah. time, The Daily Show was not quite, it wasn't really a thing exactly. It was on, but it the correspondence hadn't launched to greater things. It was like, right. you know. Um, so I just didn't, I didn't see where, where, where I could go, you know, just be there doing commercials and Conan bits. And I was like, I, I need more, but I Mm -hmm. never thought that I was moving to California. Never in a million years. I had a solid plan in mind that I was going to come to LA for a pilot season, book a, like an ensemble role in a multicam sitcom network primetime do that for 5 or 6 years, spend every summer every hiatus back in New York, and then when that show gets canceled, I will then have amassed so much money that basically <laughs> <laughs> I could just do whatever I want. I'll of course, move back to New York and work when something interests me, and that that was my life plan. And uh, it was based on a number of faulty assumptions
0: <laughs> well it's it's hard because the the insidiousness of possibility when you do see it happen to even one person that you know mm-hmm. um it it feels it's it's just a weird tightrope right between like, well, it it can happen. I've certainly seen it happen, and I'm see if I see it happen to a peer, a colleague of mine, then mm-hmm. then it's then then you know it's certainly it's certainly possible. Um, and 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 then that's kind of also has to be the thing that that propels you forward for the you know heaps of, of times that it doesn't work out for for then the time that it does uh, if it does. But like yeah. so, yes, yes, that. Uh, yes we you could sort of chuckle and go like what a wh- how silly that was but mm. like a, a, with someone like you who's so talented and and so much fun to work with i also feel like that could really be a flip of the coin situation where mm. like you could have been that could have immediately happened for you if you had been like a brunette or you know <laughs> like oh we just need someone a little older looking because you all you know you look very young or whatever right. and that could have been the difference between this is sort of arbitrary stuff could have ended up being the difference between that happening and not happening it's not like you were someone who had no training who had done nothing and made that plan, which then would have felt extraordinarily naive. But I, mm. I don't think, you know, it wasn't crazy. It was just more of a long shot than the, the you of that era in your life realized.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I had an inflated sense of like, oh, I'm like the go-to guy for Conan Bits at 1235. <laughs> and, and, <you> know, like, <laughs> Surely Hollywood has been waiting for me to get out here and put myself right. forward for one of these uh, sitcoms that they're they're dying to have my talents on uh yeah that turned out not to be the case <laughs> but yeah so much of it is such a crapshoot i just feel like it's you know we're, we're all playing the lottery you know
0: yeah okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum
1: fun I started listening to Ono, oh Ross, and Carey shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, oh Ross, and Carey that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, they take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross. Ross and Carrie.
0: Ona, Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Well, how young were you when you knew you wanted to, to get into like improv classes and stuff?
1: Um, very young. I actually took, um, when I was in the eighth grade, our drama teacher was somebody who had taken uh, a lot of improv classes in New York, which at that time was like, whose lines in any way, short form stuff. Um, but she brought all of that into our eighth grade drama class and I took to it immediately. was just like, "I, I, this is what I love to do. Um, So I always had that in mind and then I I got heavily into Saturday Night Live and then I read the backstage history of Saturday Night Live, which talked a lot about Second City and Del Close and all that. And so I was interested in that from junior high time uh, and read Wired, which uh, is the, the John Belushi book and the stuff about his Second City days is so, so exciting in that book. Uh, So then when I went to college, I met a few other people who had some knowledge of that kind of stuff. And we did a little improv in college. I was on a sketch show in college. uh, And then I started an improv group uh, in my senior year of college. So, yeah, I've been doing it ever since.
0: You really have. And you didn't ever go down to Chicago to do, to to like sort of get that.
1: Well, particular, that, that was you? one of my, no, that was one of my other big plans. I thought that was what I told people when I was graduating college. I was like, I'm going to move him to my parents' basement and just save up enough money to move to Chicago and just be a part of all of the stuff that was happening there in 1993. It was all like Adam McKay was directing Second City shows and uh, Improv Olympic was kind of at its height and all that stuff. So I was like super excited to do that. But then it took a long time to earn money, and by then mm-hmm. I was already. My parents lived so close to New York that I was. I felt like I had made inroads into the New York world, and sure just felt like I'm not. I'm not going. And then a few years later, it seemed like all of Chicago came to me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They all that is rocked.
0: exactly what it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. From the outside, for, that it seems that way to me. Um, yeah. d- it through in in high school. So the 8th grade thing kind of started it. Did you say that you were actively taking stuff in high school or did that kind of jump ahead to the college thing? I tuned out most of what you were saying. No, Um, I'm sure everyone did. Oh. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I stopped recording myself a long time ago um, <laughs> oh
0: good oh good my fr- no. I'll finally be able to release my ideal episode just my half of a conversation <laughs> and people just have to wonder what the other person was saying
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny Um, what did you ask oh hi no there was no way to do improv that I was aware of in, in uh, for many of my many years but I did plays I was very interested in doing School plays. But then I always tell my poor parents, I always tell the story that I I did not do very well in school. I didn't take very many of my classes very seriously. And I, I was always on the verge of flucking out of this and that. So they, my parents, forbade me to participate in any more school plays. After a uh, sophomore year in high school, they just said, you know, yeah, we go see these plays and you've memorized all this dialogue and all this blocking and you're out there all the time and you can't pass a math test. Well, forget it. You're not doing that anymore. You're going to focus all those energies on math, which is not how the brain works. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone
0: knows that there's room for a certain amount of things to learn. And you took up all the space, and that's just science.
1: <laughs> that play dialogue is occupying algebra's space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. You see, you there that's that's uh, that's undeniable logic that also is not addressing the root of any problem at all. But <laughs> exactly. you, could, you could sort of see both sides. You could see them being like, "Well, this just feels like a slap in the face to us." He wants us yes. to come and see him do this when he's you know <laughs> we're getting these notes from teachers like. Uh, um, exactly (laughs) did you and and so when you were like not taking it seriously does that mean that you just wouldn't go or does it mean that you would sort of go and just not be paying attention and just not turn into homework and stuff like how 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 much uh, were you giving the finger to these various classes that you just didn't care about? Quite
1: a lot. Quite. It was hard not to go. It was hard to get away with not going. But to the extent that I could, I did. In fact, I was. Uh, I had a position on the student council at some point, and they had these little passes that you could get out of a class to attend a student council meeting during a certain period. And mm-hmm. I just went. I and I xeroxed a whole bunch of those, and I just used those all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm on a official student council business.
1: I'm sorry, I couldn't be. There. <laughs> Could Uh, you get
0: away with that because you were sort of like a a friendly, funny, cute kid?
1: I I think I got away with a lot of stuff because teachers generally liked me. In fact, I remember the day that my 17th birthday when I got my driver's license, I just played hooky the entire day because I didn't feel like going to school on my birthday. And then the next day when I, I had to present the note that all it said was that I got my driver's license and most kids come in for this, you know, the second half of the day or whatever. And the woman <laughs> doing that, like the attendance thing was, had been my English teacher. And she just goes, oh yes, well, I know that's very important. And she just signed off on it. Let me go, you know, stuff like that. But mostly I just, you know, like I would turn in papers that would be graded like an a and then it would be crossed out and it would say d minus for lateness there was a lot of that oh sure you know and math i just couldn't i just fell behind i just got confused after like a couple of weeks of math and i'm just like what are we talking about what are we doing yeah <laughs> <What> <laughs> I, just, we? I just got lost yeah
0: you know? i know i did too i did too yeah that was that was a real like the only math i remember getting anything out of was purely because the teacher was just a great teacher who Mm. somehow knew how to reach people who thought like cognitively processed information in a way that just made it really hard to learn math for whatever reason whether it was uh, an ADD thing or like a verbal versus numerical thing somehow he really made pre-algebra and algebra come alive for me in junior high and then I got to, to high school and Starting with geometry, I was just useless. Just oh, useless. My god!
1: I know. I thought geometry would be easy too. Well, shapes. I know shapes. <laughs> no,
0: same, <laughs> same. <laughs> I am fairly confident. I know what a what a circle is. I'm fairly confident. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: I know. Triangle, same three thing. sides, right? I'm gonna but, ace yeah, this class. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be great.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's um, and is.
0: and and what were the plays that you guys were doing? Were you at a public school?
1: I was at a public school, but it was pretty amazing. We had this um, drama teacher who came from. He was the music director at a at a private school nearby, and after school, he would come and run our drama program. And uh, we did five plays a year. It was crazy, and I was my that's, sophomore year. That's
0: a lot.
1: It is. And he was great. He was really good. My sophomore year, I was in four out of those five plays and I was the lead in one of them. So you can kind of understand my parents saying enough, but you know, <laughs> they just put the hammer down and said never again. But what's great about that is that we, our high school also had a television production, like a little television studio, <laughs> mm. it's public school, but a, a good one. And, uh, So I started taking that and I started like borrowing cameras from them and like doing sketch comedy. Uh, And that was that turned into a big thing for me. So while like in a weird way, it has informed my career going forward because it's like plays are uh, there's a specific time you need to be there and a specific thing you need to do. Um, But because I couldn't do that because my parents forbade it. I wa- I started acting and writing on my own schedule. Oh, sure,
0: like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's
1: been such a big part of my life now. Just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sign on to a play with all these rehearsals and performances but i am going to you know put together a group or put together a bunch of monologues and just kind of do it when when it works you know
0: i'm glad you were able to refunnel your contempt for academia into yes. the responsibilities of showing up for a rehearsal <laughs> Well played. Yeah. Oh, your parents! It's like it's like the it's like the you, you sort of try to it's a, sort of a whack a mole of of behavior on your part. Your parents thought they were like stifling it, and it just popped up somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Entirely. Do you come yeah. from a big family?
1: Uh, I have two brothers, but yeah. So that's where do you fall? Of- Are you? I'm the middle. I'm the middle boy. We're all yeah, three boys. And I'm three years younger than my older brother And eight years older than my younger brother Okay That sounds like
0: math. So I'm going to ignore everything you just said. That sounds like it's going to require me to do some minor calculating. And I don't appreciate that at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Were you were you the kind of like were your were your brothers good students? Were you the sort of like, oh, Andy, like, oh, Andy. (laughs) Or was it like, why are you know, our boys all have their their individual uh, pluses and minuses?
1: Yeah, no, my older brother did well. He was a good student and, you know, and now he's a lawyer and he's, yeah, he was good. So I, I was very frustrating and I frustrated myself too. Like I didn't notice, I didn't like getting these, you know, yeah, progress reports home from teachers and all this stuff. Like I didn't want it to be that way really, but I just couldn't, ah, I couldn't hack it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't focus. I just couldn't make it happen. Uh, yeah, it, it was frustrating. It was a frustrating time. i remember having
0: a oh god oh no i want you to tell your story i just i I, I, unfortunately i just was imagining william hurt's character in broadcast news when you were saying all of that which i don't know how familiar you are with that movie uh, it's wonderful Mm -hmm. and yeah so you're just like the handsome kid the handsome likable kid who brings back that progress report and it's like i don't know i listen (laughs) i'm frustrated too i'm also yeah it's amazing okay you remember what please continue
1: This very funny thing. My parents, um, they were so incensed by my grades in ninth grade that they called a meeting of all my teachers. Oh, my. Yeah. And the entire meeting was all of the teachers telling my parents about all the fun and funny things I do in their (laughs) classrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents, were they left there so much angrier than when they came in. They were like, "Why are these people so focused on your the little show you're putting on?" Because some of my classes would give me the last couple minutes of class just to like, "All right, yes, yes, no." (laughs) Yeah, I had a history teacher that was just like, "All right, we've got a couple more minutes, so Andrew, do you have something for us?" And it would be this. Yeah. (laughs)
0: see what would you do like oh i, I usually would well if you insist okay um this is it a character was... <laughs> i like to call
1: <laughs> well embarrassingly at that age of course it was all just ripping stuff off and like acting out commercials and <laughs> uh and doing you know martin short characters and stuff like that i used to do a, an impression of andy rooney that was actually the fifth grade that my fifth grade teacher that was the first time a teacher did that to oh just kind God. of say like you take take the floor and then <laughs> I would I would sit at her desk and go through her drawers as Andy Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: That
0: was, what, what? So, give me an example. Like you would you would be like, oh, a, a number three pencil. I haven't seen one of these. And like, what is? Yeah. Well, what that was your was, commentary? That.
1: Would well, you remember Andy Rooney? Like his. Uh, for people that don't know, he would at the end of 60 minutes, after all these like hard hitting news magazine pieces, they would throw to a like a humor piece by Andy Rooney, who uh, was born old <laughs> and he <laughs> was just this like this guy with these wildly unkempt eyebrows, oh, and yes. yeah, and uh, and he would do these observations. He was a cranky guy. His whole thing yeah, was, ah, "Why? Why are they doing like that? Now wasting wasted half the time." You know, but a lot of the time, <laughs> it was like he didn't have anything to do. So a lot of the time. The camera would just be on him at his desk, literally going through his desk and saying, I keep a bunch of paper clips in an old coffee can. I'm never going to need all these paper clips, but I got them. Every time I get something with a paper clip, I take it off and I put it in this coffee can. What am I going to do with it? I don't remember drinking this coffee. It looks like a nice brand of coffee, but I don't know when I drank it. Maybe someone gave me the coffee can. Like that was. T- that would be his whole thing. And it, so I would do <laughs> that in the teacher's What is backstory?
0: Thing. I'm suddenly fascinated and realize I have no idea. Like, was he a stand-up comedian? Like, was he just Not a, at hum- all. Was he a humor writer? Like, in a newspaper, there would be a sort of mild uh, comedic...
1: I'll bet you he did that. But I, when, when he passed away, I read his obituaries with interest because I was like, yeah, what's the story? And he w- had been like a, a hard hitting like journalist. Like there's footage of him as a war correspondent in Vietnam. And then I think <laughs> oh it, like he was such a respected journalist that uh, he was given a column, <laughs> you know, and then and yeah. the column became humorous and then when 60 minutes hired him i don't know why they didn't want him doing journalism but they were like why don't you take the last 5 minutes <laughs> of the show sometimes when we have time for it when the letters we got aren't great and uh... so
0: the, so that okay so that actually tracks so so the fact that you would be given the last couple of minutes was like her way of saying like, and now that you've listened to some hard-hitting education, we're gonna take the last couple of minutes for our own Andy Rooney. (laughs) Uh
1: Exactly. (laughs) yeah it was observational stuff you know
0: oh it's really hard not to want to imagine andy rooney in vietnam giving his like (laughs) the andy rooney
1: we know (laughs) i don't know why they're shooting these guys these guys are just going to shoot back at them i mean it just seems like a waste of bullets i don't know where they got these bullets (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, that's wonderful! Oh my God! So you really did. You got such a taste for like the 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 very particular uh, rush of having your peers, and more so, you, I'm sure in some ways, you're the adults around you, like mm. patting you on the head proverbially and and going like, "You're just a wonderful."
1: Oh yeah! I never understood those class clowns who like enjoyed infuriating the teachers in order to make their fellow students laugh i never got that like that's crazy to me to me the the best audience was the teachers and if some of the kids think you're funny too okay yeah (laughs) i'll i'll take it (laughs) but if i can make (laughs) miss frango's laugh you know like that's a big that's a real accomplishment i think sure well when you were
0: doing plays when you were doing plays in high school were there i i presume they were not all like Comedies, yeah. Were you were you also dabbling in like whatever serious, hard hitting? Um,
1: gosh, I, I don't. don't remember. Were they all just yeah? Yeah, I don't remember dramas. Um, yeah, there was a play called Volpone, which was a Ben Johnson play. That was the one that I had the lead in, and so that was like a classic. But it was comic. It's a it's a comedy, and I always I always had the part because I didn't like to sing, uh, and it was more an embarrassment thing than a. Than a competence thing. Like I can carry a tune, but I just felt like too self conscious to be on a stage, like (laughs) like, you know, busting out. So uh I always It's so funny
0: where the lines get drawn for different people, for different performers, Mm. isn't it? Like that just the idea that all of this other stuff was fair game, but like you were like, Oh, I don't know. I think singing's probably pretty embarrassing, but like you were willing to do sort of everything else. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think there was something maybe too sincere about singing, you know. Because if it,
0: well, yeah, if you were into you know, if you were into improv and you were fascinated by SNL and and Second City stuff, there was definitely, um, yeah, there was like a, a maybe a healthy contempt for genuine yeah, emotion. Theater.
1: Yeah, for right. genuine emotion. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, but it is funny to me, like how many great sketch comedians, you know, and Saturday Night Live cast members. Are great singers and love to sing. I don't yeah. know if that was true in the 80s. I don't think it yeah. really particularly was. Um, but uh, yeah, there's something, there's something, yeah, emotional about. Uh, about singing in a musical. And I was just not into that, but I always, there's always a part in almost every like big dumb musical that doesn't have to sing like a comic role that was probably right. written for like red Skelton or something like that. Right. <laughs> just,
0: right. You know. We're going to have to write around him music wise, but you yeah. gotta get him. Yeah.
1: He does a, uh, he does a great drunk scene. Give him a drunk scene. <laughs> That's you know.
0: right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and what were your, what were your, uh, your friendships like and, and did you date in high school? Like did you how'd that go for you?
1: I had uh well friendships uh I I fell into a, a kind of a group of outcasts in ninth grade and we kinda hung together through ninth and tenth and then and then I got into a group of really smart kids and, and I was in a band I played drums in a band with kids who went on to like Brown and MIT. And so I was mixing it with this really smart kids, even though I was secretly on the verge of flunking out of everything, uh, which is a weird dynamic. So you say uh, secretly
0: like that wasn't that wasn't even something that you were sharing. No. Conversationally, like, oh, I'm about to fail math. Like you didn't. Yeah.
1: I guess with my closer friends, yeah, they knew that they knew that that was the deal. But most, it, we didn't really talk about grades and stuff, you know. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, you weren't it writing was... songs about your grades.
1: No, <laughs> no. Uh, and then dating, I had I had two gir- I had two girlfriends in ninth grade, and then in tenth grade, I just fell for a girl, and it was a real pretty and pink. I was the ducky yeah. scenario for like two years. And that was that was kind of it. <laughs> that was my <laughs> whole dating life of just like getting getting to know. Getting really it just uh, insinuating myself into the life of this person who right. I had no time ever. Re- well, I did a- finally ask her on a date, and it was terrible. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she but did she think so? But but sh- did she love you in that way, right? That we think of when we think of uh, Pretty in Pink, that the sort of like I or well, that's I guess maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe she's more. I guess she is kind of annoyed by him rather than. Like, like, like loving him, like, please don't ruin this wonderful friendship we have. You're so important to me. Don't have feelings for me. I guess that's not really the sentiment in Pretty in Pink, is it? I think I've, like, Uh, redesigned that movie to have more emotion between the two of them. Or maybe that, you know what I mean? I think you're
1: right. I think she is kind of like, oh, you know, leave me alone. I don't think there is a lot of affection going from her to Ducky now that you mention it.
0: And so was that kind of how it was? Or or did you have no. the friendship with her where she was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't ask me out on a date, please. I don't like that's not how I think of you, but I don't want to hurt you.
1: Um, Not qu- it was really weird. And I look back on it and I just think I have so much regret. Um, And and I wish that I have two daughters, but I, I and I don't know if they would do this, too. But I would love to counsel a young person on this because <laughs> it's it is really unfair to have huge emotional feelings for someone that you don't share with them for a long time. (laughs) You know, like it's unfair to, (laughs) it's unfair to that person. It's not a good thing to do to somebody else. And so, you know, I did, I like, I just, there wasn't a waking moment when I wasn't thinking about her and I would, I rearranged my travel from one class to another to pass her in the hallway, just all of that stuff. And then we became friends and it was a good friendship. um, But, I didn't really share any of that with her. And then and then there was one day, there was one night she saw our band play and then she seemed like I don't know, she seemed flirty. And so I asked her out and then but the date I just took her to the dumbest date in the world. And uh and then after that she was just like, Yeah, no, you know, she just stopped returning calls and stuff like that. Oh, oh.
0: no. What was I the dumb date I, that you I, took I never run.
1: reminisce about. Uh, it will be the worst date you've ever heard of. So we, <laughs> we were in a history class together where uh, different groups were studying different things and our group was studying uh, the Troubles in Northern Ireland. And I happened to learn that there was going to be like a, a lecture in a church basement in our town about the Troubles in Northern Ireland. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought that would be an interesting thing to go to. So that was my date. And it was like... Yeah, it was like a Saturday morning. A Saturday morning date to a church basement <laughs> to hear some guy from Northern Ireland go, and then uh, that's when the Orange Men rose up. <laughs> 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 and it couldn't have been more boring, and there were like only three other people there, and they were all senior citizens, and we were just I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, wait, this was a bad date.
0: Wait a minute. First of all, you can't take full responsibility for that. She so easily could have been like um i'm not interested in that why don't we do this do you know what that's i mean like or she could have just true. been like oh i can't make it i'm doing anything else um how about that night like she, she it couldn't have sounded good to her and she still went and then she and then that was enough and she 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 you know she shut you down like i i don't know if i i don't know yeah. if i
1: approve all right but just try to imagine being obsessed with someone for two years and then taking them on that date.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I would like is for you to show up on Monday at school and then they'd be like, "Uh, we have a couple minutes left. Andy, do you have something for us? And then you could Andy Rooney your way through your own decision to take her there. Like I don't know what this guy was thinking. He takes her. It's a Saturday morning. (laughs) Who would ever (laughs)
1: Yeah, that would have been good. That's what we call, we
0: don't call that Monday morning quarterback. We call that Monday afternoon Andy Rooneying. ing That's yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a whole new, a whole new term that's going to be sweeping the nation. Yeah. And so after that, you just were like, that didn't work out. And, and then somewhere around your senior year, you just kind of went, I don't, I'm not going to do this anymore. That hurt.
1: You know what happened actually in in senior year? I finally I just called her, and this was also bad. But I don't know. I have so much regret, and I never talk about any of this. So uh, I I just called her out of the blue and I said, "Look, I like you." You know, I just said that, which was also crazy. Uh, and this was this was like six months after our disastrous date. But she uh-huh. handled it. She handled it magnificently.
0: That just sounds again, like it's something that so many of us have gone through some version of. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I don't, don't get me wrong. You should rue this for the rest of your life. Like there's no (laughs) doubt. I don't want you to, I don't want you to think that you're off the hook. Like I, you should, this should be your biggest regret and it should be in your obituary. Um, (laughs) But it is something that many of us can relate to. Uh, Who knows how to behave? Who knows how to act? You know, I,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: those are those are real i mean i've been i feel like i was on the receiving end of one of those like getting Mm. the letter that that was like i've been wanting to tell you this for a really long time I have these feelings. And so if it sounded autobiographical when I was like trying to excuse her, like, but, but wasn't oh. she like, mm, I love you as a friend and <laughs> I, I don't want to hurt you. Like that was, <laughs> that was <because laughs> I'm not, I'm not imaginative enough to not have been pulling from my own life experience. Um, so this and, was a thing
1: that you, you really valued the friendship and then were yes, really disappointed I was, that he had something I else. I was
0: crushed because I yeah. thought I can't return these feelings and I mm. didn't know they were there and we've been friends for years and the, And exactly what you sort of said, like this idea of the communication in the letter sort of implied that this had been a thing that had been building for a while or that had existed for a long time. And so it didn't leave any room really for just going like, yeah, I, I don't see it that way. And maybe that needed to happen because it, there are also situations that we get ourselves into where we we can't go on like we are. And so maybe it is sort yeah. of like, I need to say this because this is the last move I have before mm-hmm. I kind of pull away to 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 be able to like someone else or to be able to, you know, give myself the chance to get over this. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, there was a, a feeling of frantic scrambling on my end. Like, how do I preserve? How do I make everything go back to how You know, it's like, That's not what this is about Um, because and then you know know. being on the other side of that and yeah and going like well like oh I don't now I feel like I don't like you anymore because you don't like me like that's not also not the right way to go like huh well I maybe I maybe our friendship isn't important enough to me if I'm not great enough for you to have a crush on too like. Just uh-huh. all of those fumbling around emotionally. Like, there's just so much of that, I think.
1: Yeah, but the part of it that haunts me is the feeling that, like, w- when you received that letter, did you have a a sense of, oh, I feel that I've been lied to for all this time, you know, that there's been something going on that's been kept from me? Or,
0: no, 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 I, no, okay. I didn't. I, I, I definitely didn't feel that. It was more just a sinking feeling of... I don't want to be the cause of someone that I care about um, feeling the way I'm afraid they're going to feel if I can't give them the exact answer that's, you know, that's desirable. But it mm. wasn't a sense, never a sense of like, you know, ew, so this whole time we've been hanging out, you've been, you know, hoping this, 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 and that would happen. Like definitely never had a feeling of feeling mm. betrayed okay. in that way. Oh, good. Um, I mean, I'm sure she did. And I feel certain <laughs> she still holds on to that. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun.
1: Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince Joni Mitchell and so much more. What's that show called again? Heat Rocks Deep Dives Into Hot Records Every Thursday on Maximum Fun
0: All right, listen. We got to get into this mash game. I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna hurl some stuff at you, and we're gonna see what we end up with for you in this fictitious oh, so alternate universe. Yes, that, now, we, are, said, that we are building for
1: you. Now, as I said, I think this was before uh, we started rolling. When I got the email explaining this, it said, uh, "There's nothing to prepare. Just be familiar with the with you know the mat. You're gonna play the mash game. Just be familiar with that." And I was like, "Oh, mash trivia? No problem. I watch that show every night in the '70s." <laughs>
0: My natural segue from talking to someone about their teenage years into, of course, a conversation <laughs> about yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> that's the. I think that's a that's an appropriate. I listen. It, m- you could have felt equally embarrassed if you were like, oh, no need to brush up on that. I play it every day with my daughters. <laughs> like, that would also maybe be not the right answer. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's okay. do this. I'm. Exa- do I need paper and pen? You need zero anything except Fantastic. your willingness to. Make big decisions about uh, life that is not happening in in, in this universe, uh, but that y- I'm asking questions that suddenly you may find you regret an hour later. Like, oh, oh. I, now everyone's going to think my favorite band in the world is this, but it's all I could think of at the time. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So those are those are the only the only challenges. Uh, the first category that I'm going to offer up to you is three um comedians writers uh who are no longer with us that you would have loved to collaborate with please don't say Andy Rooney
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I would not have liked to collaborate with Andy Rooney I'll bet you that's there's a reason he was sitting there behind a cluttered desk all by himself uh to collaborate with I oh god that's so hard
0: Yeah because they're so, all like this And the problem like is, is that you put the extra pressure on yourself Of being an improviser like oh I should be able to Spontaneously oh, yeah, right. comfortably come up with this
1: Yeah Well let's say to get to work on something with George Carlin would have been Pretty cool Great. Um, I'm also Going to say what, what about me And Lou Costello We would have sure. we, we come up with something <laughs> <laughs> We would have been good and, What a low um,
0: standard I guess we could have scratched something together.
1: <laughs> we could have kept them entertained for a tight 15. That's right. um, I would say also Jonathan Winters. Wonderful. How about that? They're all
0: Wonderful. dead. Yes, you can. Whew, we got that one out of the way. They Whew. are all dead. What a relief. Uh Okay. Next category. Uh, this is three foods that, in this reality, are uh, not something that you would that you can eat that much of, either because you know you're trying to take care of your health, or you feel like it's maybe environmentally irresponsible, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, or it's so rare that you know you had it at this one restaurant this one time, and you're like, oh, I've never been able to find, you know, I've never been able to recreate that experience. Uh, mm-hmm. In this universe we're building, everything is on common ground. There's no ramifications of any kind you can mm. eat it as much as you want in perpetuity with 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 nothing bad happening three three things that fit that oh
1: okay there was a restaurant in new york in uh, uh union square called zen palette and it is gone and they had a dish there called sweet and sour sensation that Ooh. was like i think it was like fried balls of maybe satan or something and, uh, and broccoli and this delicious sauce. And I think about it all the time. And I just never thought, I used to eat it all the time. And I never thought one day this will be gone. Yeah. But it is, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I'll never have it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, listen, alternate universe, you might have it as much as he wants forevermore. So this, this is exactly great. the right use of this category. Give me two more.
1: Okay, good. Um, I I'll also say beignets in New Orleans is a food that I love, yeah. but I feel like an ass for eating <laughs> whatever it is whatever that is. <laughs> just like wait a minute, I have, I have to live I have to live a life. So that's right. This. And um, um, I'm also going to I'm just gonna say big juicy hamburgers. Great. Uh, yeah, I don't eat those much.
0: Great. I know same. Do you, are you a fan of the uh the the latest meat substitutes like Impossible Burger or Beyond? Nah. Yeah. Not really. F them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh I don't feel that way. I just want I'm speaking on your behalf. I enjoy Thank them. You. Um okay. <laughs> Next category, uh this is uh all due respect to your beautiful wife. This is um our alternate universe like sort of romance and it can be um three people obviously living or dead from any era, you know, a character in a book, people, you know, characters on TV shows. It doesn't have to be like Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> But it could be Jennifer uh Aniston
1: Oh, you sounds like you want it to be Jennifer Aniston
0: I don't know why she (laughs) uses the voice like that Just to talk about Jennifer Aniston Now, if she's going to talk like that She should talk like that (laughs) Sorry
1: Uh, Oh, and these are people that in an alternate universe I would be married to, I would be with
0: Yeah, or just like, you know, a fling Or, uh, yeah, Mm. however you want to think of it
1: Well first thing that comes to mind is elizabeth hurley in that austin powers movie she was in yep yep uh that's kind of all that comes to mind
0: (laughs) 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 oh how about christy
1: brinkley in the uptown girl video
0: there you go now you're thinking
1: and then i've got one more i can't remember this woman's name as long as I'm sort of uh, reminiscing and putting people in particular times and places. Uh Yes. (laughs) Who was the woman who was in the (laughs) Billy Idol Rock the Cradle of Love video?
0: I don't know, but I'm going to put it down. Yeah, her. I can't picture what that uh, particular, all I remember is Eyes Without a Face video. I don't remember the Rock the Cradle video. I'm going to have to look that up.
1: That was a video after he had uh, been in a terrible motorcycle accident. So oh, sure. he only he only appears in the video on like these screens from the chest up. Oh
0: no! Yeah. 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 Oops. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Next category: three movies that you can jump into whenever you want and stay for as long as you want. You're not reliving the plot. You're just sort of immersing yourself in that fun world. Whatever that. Ooh. Whatever that might be.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Um hmm I'm gonna, <laughs> believe it or not i'm gonna say planet of the apes i've been thinking Great. a lot about planet of the apes lately and i think i would have done really well in that world i think you uh, would have too <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and uh i, I love the movie
0: done well yeah sorry
1: <laughs> i would have made better decisions than Charlton <laughs> Heston. i think i would have saved my friend uh and um, 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 I love the movie Midnight Run with all my heart and soul Oh and yes. so uh, I'd, I'd love to be hanging around with those guys I'd to be Great. a third wheel on that trip across country and another I'm gonna say Young Frankenstein wonderful mm-hmm.
0: that's one of those movies that really was like a sort of a game changer for me somehow mm. like somehow it hit me perfectly and you know maybe because Madeline Kahn and Terry Garr were like Real oh. cute and just fucking hilarious. So good. Um, that was like. What also light.
1: gets me is how 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 true it was to its genre and how oh yeah, just how black and white and. St- Stones and fog, <laughs> it was all like yeah, oh.
0: yeah. So he went all the way. He went all in. Yeah. I, it's it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, yep. Okay, next category is uh, three places in this world that you would like to have a sort of a vacation getaway, and let's just assume we can teleport you there, so so travel mm. is is not a problem.
1: Mm. Edinburgh, Scotland, love okay. it. Paris, France, mm. love it, and. Um, I'm going to say San Francisco. I love San Francisco. Yeah. I agree.
0: I would love to have a place up there. Are you kidding me? To just sort of, that feels, it feels, I feel so lucky to love LA and San Francisco so deeply. They seem Mm -hmm. so, they're so close together. You know, they're certainly closer together than New York and and LA. It feels like the universe is inviting me to have a second home, but that couldn't be less realistic. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no such invitation has arrived oh boy okay
0: uh next category let's do three let's do. okay all right three this is I i don't know how you're going to respond to this three mm. of your characters that you have done in the history of your life uh mm. that we are going to build a musical around i'm forcing you in this alternate universe to be in a musical and it will be with like based around the sort of life and past or present of one of Andy Daly's characters.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, for the
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> I will say for the purposes of this exercise, I'm going to consider uh, the true life person L. Ron Hubbard to be a character of mine. I've played him Wonderful. a number of times. He's on my new album, Wonderful. and. So I would choose a a musical about his life would be great. Um, I'm also going to say Danny Mahoney, who is my belligerent um, party starter character. I'd like to see a musical about him. Beautiful. And then uh, perhaps uh, Dalton Wilcox as well. Why not? Why shouldn't we see a musical about Dalton Wilcox?
0: I heartily agree. I was hoping that you would say Dalton, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, next category, let's do three skills that you wake up with tomorrow that you are just expert at. So you have just sort of downloaded that, the information matrix style, and you wake up mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at math now. Uh, do not feel pressured to pick that one. I wouldn't. Uh, but yeah, three, <laughs> three, three skills.
1: Um, I'm fluent in French and great. let's see um
0: for a I'm second i thought you were saying like okay wait okay no well i'm fluent in french <laughs> i'd like to be fluent in spanish as well
1: no I <laughs> you am said not. it with
0: such confidence right it seemed like it had already come true <laughs>
1: okay great I'm French, so close. great. so um so there's that uh what else would i love to be oh oh my god like is it too broad to say like Uh, building stuff carpentry yeah carpentry I'd love to do that and I'm gonna say oh parenting
0: (laughs) (laughs) great Uh great Okay, and then the final category. Uh, I, I I've been saving this idea that I had at the beginning of this Mash game, and uh, and I'm I'm happy to make it this last category. Three characters from the television show Mash oh. that you would like to be friends with hmm. in real life.
1: Oh boy! You well, see, be- I brought it back to you. Oh, the thank one goodness. thing you thought you could answer. <laughs> well of course Hawkeye Pierce Yeah, that's obvious you're going to be pals with Hawkeye Pierce uh, BJ Honeycutt of course love to be friends with BJ Honeycutt and uh, after that it gets a little harder uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with the deep cut and say Colonel Flag because um, I don't know I was just intrigued by Colonel Flag Great. do you remember Colonel Flag at all
0: no, I don't remember Colonel Flagg at all.
1: He was this weird, like, special ops guy who would pop up from time to time, and he oh. was, like, a super deadpan dude.
0: Oh, no wonder you were intrigued. All of that mm-hmm. sounds like it would be very intriguing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: okay, Colonel Flagg got him. Okay, so uh, pick a number between one and seven.
1: Mm. Oh, right now? Four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. It sounded like there was Why more. Why don't you take an hour and you can get back to me on your decision? <laughs>
1: No, it sounded like there was more I had to do once I had picked that number. But anyway, there it is. Four.
0: (laughs) Dear Janet, (laughs) I thought a lot about it and I've decided to go with four. First I considered... Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use that number to do a little bit of a sort of an iny mini miny, mo. What I would like for you to do for the mm. listener while I do that is please tell them about your new album and please tell them about the podcast. Uh, oh, boy. And then when and when you're finished, I will have your uh, results from this uh, mash game.
1: Oh fantastic Okay good yeah. This guarantees that You are not listening As I talk about As I plug my things but I'm that's sorry fine. Did you say You're something? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes I have a new album That just came out On A Special Thing Records It's called Four More Sweaters Monsters Take Your Questions Which is a long title But it uh, <laughs> It at once describes What the album is And harkens back To my previous album Nine Sweaters uh, <laughs> And it's an <laughs> Sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is an album where uh, I do four characters: Dalton Wilcox, Don Demello, and L. Ron Hubbard, and Chip Gardner are the four characters I do, and they all deliver uh, sort of monologues. They they uh, explain themselves to the and then throw up throw open the floor to questions. And I did this show a bunch a while ago and it was super fun and, and we recorded it and uh, now it's an album and you can get it in all the places, but not physical copy yet because the virus screwed up our attempts yeah. to do that. You know, but uh and then the podcast, Dalton Wilcox has his own podcast called Bananas for Bonanza, uh, where each episode they're going to recap an episode of Bonanza, which ran from 1959 to 1973. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's me and Matt Gorley and Maria Bamford, and each episode we uh, welcome a guest and we get uh, deep into an episode of Bonanza each oh, each time.
0: Man. I don't know how deep you are into recording all these episodes, but I am gonna volley so hard to try to get onto that podcast. Oh I will that sounds good. Tell you right now that All right like we're a not dream that far come in. true okay guests guests uh, are
1: welcome to be themselves or a character whichever you prefer and guests are welcome to watch the episode of Bonanza or not
0: <laughs> uh, I you like. yeah hundred percent will hundred percent will do a character and <laughs> could not love the three of you more together as a trio so that oh. makes me very happy uh, the even the promo for it you know sometimes like a promo doesn't necessarily give you the same feeling that listening to the podcast is, will even like try as you might it's just sometimes hard right. to convey that right. but i i heard the promo and when you end <laughs> saying that bananas is spelled how bananas are spelled and then spelled it <laughs> the way you spell it on the podcast i laughed out loud so uproariously even just that part made me laugh so hard um okay. wonderful people check listen I feel sure that if you listen to my podcast, you are already uh, a fan of Andy's, but if you're not, what a perfect opportunity for you to do. So now become one and then regret all the wasted time that you were not uh, familiar with how funny this man is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to (laughs) share with you, uh, Mm. this outcome. I feel very, very pleased with it. I feel that you also will be very happy about it. Mm. The question really is only now, where do we start? Uh, I'll say I don't know how useful your fluency in French is going to be at your adorable apartment getaway in Edinburgh. Mm. but i think uh nevertheless i love that you're fluent in french and i and i think it's kind of fantastic that you have this little this little apartment the apartment comes from uh m-a-s-h which is a mansion apartment shack and house that's sort of oh yes yes so you got you got a you got an apartment um and uh and and there you will be able to go teleport style whenever you like Mm. um I don't know how much of an opportunity the good people of Edinburgh have to have a really, really good beignet. But rest (laughs) assured, they follow you wherever you go in like a magical trail. So everyone can just, and not on the ground, people can just enjoy, if you choose to share, you have this unlimited supply of beignet and and you can eat as much as you want. You'll never feel sick. You'll never gain an ounce. Like you can just enjoy that fried dough till the end of time. Wow. Uh hmm. I yeah, I, I'm i very, very excited about that for you. I want to also congratulate you on your friendship with Hawkeye. Oh wow I think that's I'm, gonna be a good time. Um I'm laughing I think all the time. he's going to be a friend uh I, I mean I think he's gonna be a big fan of the Dalton Wilcox musical. <laughs> I think that he's gonna be tickled pink. By the Dalton Wilcox musical. Uh, wow. I, too, am very much looking forward to that. Um, I don't know if that, uh, that musical will involve a collaboration uh, with Jonathan Winters, but I do know that you have one. <laughs> the two of you... I guess that if the oh, if the two of us put our heads together, I guess we could come up with something. <laughs> uh, you also have the ability to hop into the movie in which you feel you would do very well. Planet of the Apes. Oh, oh wow! Yes. So, congrats on that other type of getaway. Wow. And uh, and then you are enjoying this uh, very adventuresome life with none other than Elizabeth Hurley in the Austin Powers movie. Okay. She's fun-loving. Yes. She's capable. She's mm. potentially lethal uh, mm-hmm. if something bad happens in the Planet of the Apes, um, which we've already established won't because you'll do very well there. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you've got yourself... Uh, a a funny for all of yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that, my friend, is the mash outcome of your alternate universe, Andrew Daly. Yeah. Uh, I hope you how do you feel? Any thoughts? We got a couple listen, we got a couple, of, got a couple minutes left in the podcast. Andy, do you have anything? Uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I'm sitting here saying, you know, what am I gonna do, you know, to Edinburgh. Uh, I am delighted by that. My only right. hesitation as I look at it, because I wrote, I wrote down what you were telling me, is that I, I, I kind of think Jonathan Winters is going to be a handful yeah. as a collaborating partner. He might um, be. Yeah, that might not be easy. But other than that, I love this life. I'm so I'm glad. I'm speaking French on the streets of Edinburgh, eating beignets, Yeah. working on the Dalton Wilcox musical, yeah. and from time to time just popping into Planet of the Apes to just I see know. if I can get the upper hand on those apes.
0: That's right. It's going <sighs> to be great. It's going to yes. be great. Yes. Um, and thank you so much For doing the podcast This was such a delight Again p- Encouraging anyone Who who Has not already Checked out Both the podcast And the album To do so There's a thing That I didn't warn you about That is a key uh, Component of My Boys of Summer series That I cannot believe I Actually I'm actually shocked I remembered Not that I mm. I can't believe I, I almost forgot I'm actually shocked I remembered I do <laughs> ask my male guests To try to spontaneously sing any part any snippet any part of Don Henley's Boys of Summer that they can think of even if it's just like tuneless or if you can only think of the tune
1: is that the song with out on the road today I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac
0: you're damn right it is
1: a little voice inside my head said don't look back you can never look back that's a good song
0: yeah you just nailed it i'm so glad okay uh uh i really am glad we got that piece of housekeeping uh out of the way because i would have never heard the end of forgetting to have you do it (laughs) oh yeah uh all right my friend i will let you get back to your beautiful family thank you so much again and uh guys i'll talk to you next time on the podcast
1: so long everybody
0: The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Seems
1: to go get us back. Maximum Comedy and Culture. Artist owned, audience supported.